Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year-long crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible. We'll include excerpts from his spoken ministry, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies, you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. The Gospel of Luke tells the story of a wonderful meeting between two mothers-to-be, Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, and Mary, of course, who was the mother of our Lord Jesus. Listen to this marvelous account given in chapter 1. And Mary rose up in those days and went to the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she lifted up her voice with a loud cry and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby leaped with exultation in my womb. And blessed is she who has believed, because there will be a completion of the things spoken to her from the Lord. We're happy to welcome Ron Kangas today as we fellowship about a marvelous proclamation by Elizabeth and the following praise that is uttered by Mary. Ron, it's good to have you here today. It's good to be here to fellowship over this very sweet portion of the Gospel of Luke. What we have today, Ron, is not something deep in doctrine, but as you said, it is very sweet. And there's, I think, much more revealed, as we'll find out today, than maybe uh, perhaps we first think, isn't there? What is revealed is something concerning Christ. And it's revealed in words that express the experience of these two females. So it's quite precious to see Christ revealed through experiential utterances. Can you take just a moment? We're going to focus mostly today on Mary's speaking that followed Elizabeth's uh, blessing here. But uh, take just a moment and uh, touch a couple of the high points in terms of what is revealed in Elizabeth's speaking. The highest of the high point is Elizabeth's recognizing that this much younger woman coming to her with child was bearing something called the fruit, indicating not only metaphorically forming human being, but indicating really something organic, even something related to the tree of life embodied in the God-man. But the highest point is in the words, the mother of my Lord. Yes. My Lord. The use of my Lord with mother indicates very definitely that the Lord here is the child forming in Mary's womb. This expression reveals the deity of Christ. How could she call any human being my Lord, referring to deity, 
without such a realization. So we have to believe that spontaneously, as an issue of being filled with the Holy Spirit, she could utter such words concerning the fruit, indicating something organic, and especially, my Lord. The Lord, Elizabeth's Lord, was the child in Mary's womb. Marvelous, wonderful, extraordinary, unfathomably mysterious, yet expressed in such a sweet and understandable way by this dear woman. Really tremendous, isn't it? It's marvelous. Well, not only uh, was her speaking marvelous, but now let's turn to Mary's response, which was equally marvelous. Uh, Not a blessing, as Elizabeth offered, but a praise. We're going to get into the substance of her praise in a moment, but we want to begin by looking at how it was composed, because this composition reveals something very important about Mary herself. I want to look at just the last few verses of her praise, beginning at 51. She spoke this, "'He has exercised might with his arm.'" He has scattered those who are proud in the understanding of their heart. He has brought down potentates from thrones and has exalted the humble. The hungry he has filled with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has upheld Israel, his servant, to remember mercy, even as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. Uh, We will see there's much to these words spoken by Mary and that, as we mentioned already, will give us a real insight into the kind of person that the Lord had selected for this very important role. Here's Witness Lee. Mary responded, Elizabeth praising in the way praising God. Now, in this praise, it was full of quotations from the Old Testament. I believe 15 quotations. In other words, Mary's praise is a composition of the Old Testament quotations. And this indicates that Mary was very knowledgeable of the Old Testament. She was a girl, yet she could verbally quote the Old Testament to offer a praise to God. And her praise was just a composition of the quotations from the Old Testament. You think about it. She was the right person for God to use to conceive this coming Savior. And this indicates that for God to use us, we must have some qualifications. And the qualifications should be our proper knowledge of the Word of God, right? Mary, before she was visited by the angel, she was so full of the knowledge of God's Word. So when time came, she uttered, she poured out what was within her. And then the praise came out of her being, just a composition of the Old Testament quotations. I hope that you young ones may learn of this. Are you going to be used by the Lord? You need such a qualification. 
to get yourself full of the word of God in His written scripture. Well, Ron, there doesn't seem to be anything here in this account that would indicate that uh, Mary was under some kind of miraculous power of the Holy Spirit to utter these things. There's a reflection that this uh, indicates she had spent much time in the Word of God, isn't there? This is clearly indicated by the nature of her utterances. And uh, I don't mean to make any kind of um, joke here, but... You compare Mary speaking with Balaam's donkey speaking. I had the same thought. (laughs) Okay. I mean, this is, you know, it's kind of comical to even juxtapose these. But in the case of the donkey, that is, without doubt, miraculous. The donkey utters human words, conveying certain thoughts and feelings. Unfortunately... Some believers, at least, have the concept that speaking on the Lord's behalf is miraculous in the sense of a donkey uttering human speech, Mm -hmm. that we don't need to know anything, we don't need to learn anything, we don't need to be constituted. Instead, the Spirit just falls. Some like to say the anointing falls Mm -hmm. from where it falls It's hard to say, and then we just speak. But this is not the New Testament principle of incarnation. And the word, the Lord Jesus Christ, is literally being incarnated here, forming within the womb of Mary. And her speaking is in the same or at least a similar principle that she has something wrought into her through the years of God's word. Mm. She has been constituted with the scriptures that she knew. Therefore, the Spirit could draw upon the word constituted into her and anoint her and inspire her to utter these wonderful things. So we need to see that she was qualified to bear the Lord Jesus and to mother the Lord Jesus because she was a woman of the word, a woman constituted with the word. So her speaking here, drawing upon so many portions of the Old Testament effortlessly and spontaneously, indicates that she was constituted with God's word. And it also indicates, as Brother Lee helps us to see, that the Lord would grow up in an atmosphere saturated with the living word of God. Uh, The New Testament says of Timothy that from a child he knew the Holy Scriptures. Surely the Lord Jesus, the firstborn of Mary, grew up in a household that might have been poor in material possessions, but was rich in the word of God. Then the application, as was made in the speaking of our brother Lee, is that if we want to be useful to the Lord, we need to know the word. We need to be saturated with the word. We need to be constituted with the word. We need to read the Bible, memorize portions of the Bible, study the word. And as we're attempting to do in this radio ministry, 
open up the word properly in light, life, and truth so that we may have the correct understanding of it. So, doctrinally, this is not a deep portion, but practically and experientially, I say again, it is sweet, it is precious, and it is practical. Okay, in these uh, final two sections today, we want to pick up some specific speaking, some specific utterances of Mary's and focus on them a little bit. For this next section, we've selected uh, verses 46 and 47. They're both very short. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has exalted in God my Savior. Let's go back to Witness Lee. In the praise, her spirit exalted in God her Savior. It's very strange. She was not exalting in God, her Creator. She considered God more than the Creator. And this indicated that she realized that she was a created person by God, yet she got fallen. So she needed her Creator to be her Savior. Firstly, her spirit exalted in such a God. Then her soul magnified the Lord. Listen, firstly, she considered God as her Savior. Then she praised God as her Lord. Not just God, but the Savior and the Lord. We all have to experience what she experienced. When we enjoy God as our Savior, exalting in Him, then we magnify Him as our Lord. That means to serve Him. To magnify is just to serve Him as the Lord. We must be such a person, living a life, not to do things for God, but to magnify Him. And to magnify Him is not a matter in our spirit. Listen, it is a matter in our soul. It's a matter in our mind, emotion, and will. How you think about things. How you like things. How you make your decision. What direction you will take. In all these matters, your Lord is magnified. So, Mary says, her spirit firstly rejoiced, exulting in God her Savior. Then her soul, that means her being, with her mind, emotion, and will, magnified the Lord. Very meaningful. Well, Ron, uh, just a few short words here, but a great deal is conveyed, and it seems to indicate that she didn't have just a mere knowledge of the word. She had some genuine light as well, particularly his pointing out that her referring to God as her Savior, not just her Creator, and then this matter of exulting in her spirit and magnifying in, in her soul. Touch these points a little bit. We admit that believers of various persuasions have differing views of uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, but she needed a Savior. The one she was bearing in her womb was God, 
her Savior. This indicates she was not the second exception to the fact that every human being has the nature of sin. The only exception is the God-man, the one born of Mary, the Lord Jesus. She knew that she needed a Savior, and she exulted in the reality that God was not only her creator, but also her Savior. I appreciate also this point about my soul magnifies the Lord based upon my spirit having exalted. This shows not only the distinction between the spirit and the soul, but the function of the soul according to God's economy seen in his creation of human beings as tripartite vessels. The soul magnifies the Lord, displays him in his unlimitedness, Mm. in all of his attributes and virtues. This is the proper service to the Lord. Chris, what kind of service would it be if we do things for the Lord? We speak the Lord's word on behalf of the Lord, yet in all that we do, we magnify ourselves and express ourselves and, and in a sense, seek glory for ourselves. That's not the real service. The Lord is served when we exalt in him with our spirit and magnify, express him with our soul. This is what Mary did, and she is an excellent pattern for all of us. Mm-hmm male or female, brother or sister in Christ. Mm. Okay, Ron, for our final portion today, a couple more verses here in Mary's praise, 48, 49, and 50. Because he has looked upon the lowest state of his slave, for behold, from now on all generations will count me blessed, because the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is unto generations and generations unto those who fear him. Let's go back to Witness Lee for our final section. She was praising God's mercy. I feel she was uh, much more knowledge than we are today. You see, you have to notice that she didn't mention God's grace. To receive God's grace, you need to be in a good condition. But she realized that she and all her people at her time were not in a good condition. They were in a poor condition, so they needed God's mercy. Her praise is to praise God's mercy and praise God's mighty doings in taking care of God's people in their low estate because their estate was so low. So they needed God's mercy. Just God's grace could not reach them. They needed God's mercy to go further, to reach their low estate. And uh, God did these all according to his faithful word, to his promise given to the forefathers. All those promises given to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and so forth were God's faithful word, and God now visited his children, his people, according to those 
promises. After all, you could see here is a young girl, such a young girl in ancient time, two thousand years ago. Think about it. She could offered such a praise as a composition of the Old Testament quotations in the aspect of her own experience of God. No wonder she was chosen by God to conceive the man Savior. I like her praise because her praise was a kind of experiential praise, not just a doctrinal praise. She praised God from her own experiences. It was very good. Well, Ron, we somewhat began with this today, the matter of these utterances coming out of her experience, and I think it's fitting we close on this point. This was not mere Bible knowledge coming out of Mary. This was really flowing out of her experience, a rather rich experience of God. Yes, and the particular word that expresses her experience is mercy. mercy. We may say in a doctrinal way, there but for the grace of God Uh, go I. And it's true. And surely it's a sign of rich experience when we testify that we need the Lord's sufficient grace. But when we pray using the word mercy, this shows that we have a realization of how desperate and destitute we are in ourselves. But it shows even more that we have an appreciation of the fact that God is not only gracious, but merciful, that in his rich mercy, he comes down to where we are, comes into our situation. So I'm suggesting that here, the use of the word mercy points to a twofold realization from experience. One, that the human situation is desperate, and even so desperate that it needs an aspect of God in addition to his grace, that is his mercy. And two, this reveals that God is in fact merciful. He is rich in mercy. The one called the mother of my Lord was one who knew she needed a Savior, was one who knew God's word, and was one who knew that she needed mercy but that God is rich in mercy. This was not a doctrine to her. This was a testimony, an expression, a declaration of her experience in the Lord and with the Lord according to God's economy. Mm. Uh, Ron, as we uh, have spoken, not something deep in doctrine, but very sweet, very satisfying, I would say additionally, quite nourishing today. I enjoyed it very much. Well, we thank the Lord for his apportioning all the segments that we need. It seems he always gives us the right food exactly at the right time. For this, we thank him and honor him in his sovereignty over all things. Will you come back very soon? I hope in the Lord to come back at the appointed time. Amen. Okay, we are out of the appointed time today. Uh, We have time just to give you our toll-free number and invite you to contact us. As we just really begin the life study of Luke, it would be an excellent time for you if you're interested to get these printed messages so that you can dig into these matters yourself 
at your own pace and in more detail. Contact us, our toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Or you can write to us, Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or just send us a note uh, via computer if you are uh, on the Internet and have email. Just send it to radio at lsm.org. Any way that you choose to get in touch with us, we will very much appreciate it. We'll also pass on all the information that you request. For Ron Kangas, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. If you'd like to read the works of Witness Lee and Watchman Nee, just visit our website, ministrybooks.org. From there, you'll find over 600 complete titles available to read online free of charge. Witness Lee's ministry stood squarely on the shoulders of his mentor and co-worker, Watchman Nee, as well as those of countless ministers of the New Testament throughout the ages. The riches contained in his life study of the Bible represent the top, the cream of his 70-plus years of ministry, and range in topic from lessons for new believers to commentary and exposition on passages from every book of the Bible. But they all contain practical and deeper truths about the Christian life. Again, this wonderful online resource is available to you free of charge at ministrybooks.org. If you have questions or comments about this ministry or the program you heard today, email us radio at lsm.org or call us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Thanks for listening today.